Hello ladies, my name is Anna. Welcome to Feminine Fidelity, the podcast that is devoted to recovering biblical womanhood. Ladies, biblical womanhood is under attack. It's made fun of, it's maligned, it's stomped on, it's completely ignored. We have given over what scripture says to let it be colored by feminism. And so that we no longer fully embrace or even understand that we need to embrace those scriptures where God tells women what he designed them to be. We are designed to be our husband's helper, to be submissive and obedient to him. Does this mean we're designed to be a rug for him to wipe his feet on or to stomp on? No, of course not. If you read the Bible and read it with desire to understand, you will see this is not true. And yet this is what feminism has tried to describe biblical femininity as. Um, God's Word says something completely different. He paints a picture in there of a woman helping a man, a woman completing a man, a man lovingly leading his wife, protecting her, providing for her, correcting her if necessary, teaching her if necessary or as necessary. For instance, Scripture tells women that if they don't understand something in the Bible or in in the sermon, to go home and ask their husbands. And yet, most of us don't. We turn to we turn to women, we turn to books, we turn to something else. We don't want to go ask our husbands because we figure that that is <laughs> passé. Um, so much of what Scripture tells us to do as women is looked upon something that was okay for women once, but we're much more enlightened than that today. Except if we try to say that, ladies, what we're actually saying is that we know more than God is that our beliefs are more important than what the Bible says. Our feelings are more important than the Word of God itself. Now, if you're a Christian, you understand that the Word of God is the inspired Word. It comes from Him, through the Holy Spirit, who inspired men to write it down using their words, but He guided them. The truth is His, and God can't lie. And God is immutable. That means he does not change ever. So who he was is who he is and who he will be forever. And what he stated is what he meant both then and now. And if God commanded women to be keepers at home in Titus 2, 3 through 5, and he meant it then, he means it now. In the book of Timothy, he told Paul to tell women to marry who were widows to marry and have more children and keep their homes that the church would not be burdened by them if he meant that then he means it now in the book of corinthians first corinthians 11 1 through 16 he tells women the importance of wearing a covering over their heads in the worship service and this is something we have an apostolic command It was stated in Scripture in 16 verses, dealt with over those verses. 
And it was, for nearly 2,000 years, the uh, teaching of the church in, at large. And yet today, it's ever since the 60s, it's been ignored. And fewer and fewer women uh, did so until almost none did. And so we're grateful. I'm grateful that I see a rise in that. And I'm grateful that I see young women out there struggling to try and figure out what it means to be a godly woman, a keeper of the home, a mother of children, a wife. But so much of the material out there for them is drenched in self-help. It's drenched in self-love. It's drenched in pragmatism. And not necessarily founded on truth. And so that's what is important, ladies, is whatever the Word of God says. It's not what I believe or you believe. It's what He said. So what I want to help women to recover that. That is, that is what I live for as far as trying to teach my sisters, my daughters, to love the Word of God and to be a keeper at home and to know how to be a submissive wife and mother and to see the dangers of feminism and the damage that feminism has caused. And I, I just want to go over a few things that feminism has resulted in. And um, <laughs> I'm not saying, before I go into this, I'm not saying that we should go back to the 1950s. The 1950s were not a perfect picture of godly womanhood, not in any realm, not in any way or fashion. I'm not suggesting we go back to the Victorian era, the pioneer era. I'm not suggesting we dress like the Amish. I'm not suggesting that we um, make ourselves a rug for our husbands to beat their feet on and treat us badly. I'm not saying any of that. And it's a shame, but these days you have to clarify both what you don't mean and what you do. There is no error in dress and custom and activity that I want to get back to. What I want to get back to is what God hath said. It's important to reclaim that. And that's the that's why understanding feminism is important. I hate feminism, and for the longest time I never wanted to look into it beyond superficially because I understood it was bad. But once I did start looking into it, once it started becoming more of something that I understood the beginnings of and just where it went, the more I wanted to know. And I believe it's important for people in the church to know, for you ladies to know and understand at least to some degree. Because if you can see how this poison of feminism is real, then maybe we can find the remedy of getting back to the Word of God and standing on it alone. Online there's these hashtags that says uh, feminism is a lie or feminism is cancer, and it is. But it's important we understand why. We import, it is important that we understand what it's done. And it's important that we understand that we can fight back against it by standing on God's word alone. So let's go through a few things quickly as to what feminism has resulted in, not just in society, but also in the church. It 
Feminism targeted the biblical family. It targeted husbands. It targeted the husband as the head of the family, the husband as the provider of the family. It targeted fathers and made them unimportant. It put the state in place of husbands and fathers so that women would lean on the state to supply their needs and support them and get the man out of the picture. It has resulted in the effeminacy of men and the masculinity of women because it led to this movement we see around us today, the trans madness, the all the sexual degeneracy. It led to that, ladies. It has its foundation back in the 1800s. And we're going to go back beyond that in one podcast, but we're going to go through this today. Back in the 1800s, there was a lady named Elizabeth Cady Stanton who wrote the um, what has become the foundational document of the feminist movement. And she hated godly biblical womanhood. She hated the Bible. She was raised Presbyterian, but she hated God. And she fought against um, truth and said that women did not need men and wanted to separate all of that from the Bible, womanhood, manhood, everything. She wanted it separated and it, the foundational truth of God's word ignored. That led to women fighting against men in every way. And ultimately it has led us to this to sexual degeneracy and the trans movement we see around us today. You can trace this historically. Um, it has given us the modern woman, the feminist who wants to stand on her own, who hates marriage, who hates children, who is loud, who is ugly, because she wants to be ugly. She's intentionally ugly because Feminists despise the beauty of womanhood. They fight against it. It has given us women who demand their way and who don't care who they hurt to get it. It has given us this idea that women can do no wrong, that women can't sin. You, you have to believe all women, even when they lie to you. And so many women have gone out and accused men of rape and physical attacks and so many other things, and yet the whole idea of believe all women was there, okay? Yeah, I, I've been in an abusive situation, okay? I understand, believe me. And I believe it's important, especially within the church, that if you go to your pastor or to your elder and you say, I have been abused, they need to listen to you. They need to take action. But what I'm saying is these ungodly women, you can't always believe them. They will lie to get their end goal. goal and they've done so. It has led to the entrance of women into our workforce. And where we are now is that there's women dominate men often in the workforce. You know what this has led to, ladies? It has led to a lack of 
ability of a lot of men to provide for their families. Women take men's jobs. And men are pushed out and made to earn less. Uh, because there is a, a push to put women in roles that once men were dominating. And when you have this, then you end up with an economic impact on the family. Which led to, oh, let's have daycares. Even church daycares. Churches have daycares and run them. Despite God saying that a woman belonged at home with her family, with her children. I believe this is wrong. Because you cannot go against scripture. And... and put in effect something that is going to actually fight against that which God commanded and be blessed by God. But yet churches have daycares. Some churches have preschools. And I'm saying even Reformed ones do. And I'm Reformed, ladies. I'm Reformed Baptist. I have been a member of a Reformed Presbyterian church before because that was the best church around. And, you know, I've seen this in churches. I've seen it in, in the non-reformed and I've seen it in the reformed. And it's not right. It is sin. It is sin. Because we don't need to take children away from their mothers all day long. Children belongs, belong with their mothers. And when we take them out of their mother's care and put them in daycares that are run by churches, then the church is helping to further the lie that women belong in the workforce. And yeah, there are incidences where a woman has no choice. That is not the point of this podcast. It's not what we're talking about here. Exceptions may happen. They do not define the rule. But public schools... Public schools are there and often treated as nannies. Often treated as nannies because women just have to, I need time to myself and I need get my children out of my hair. And oh my goodness, if I have to spend all day with my kids, what will I do? Or I just want to go find myself. I want to be free. I want to be able to establish what I want. Because my happiness is so important. And so they go out and they do, whether it's taking classes or doing volunteer work or whether it's getting a job, which is very often what these women are doing, getting a career going. Where the career, the boss, becomes more important than the family, than the husband, than the children or the home. And the home becomes a place to visit. And all of this is the result of feminism. Um... So we have this idea that children being away from their mothers all day long is normal, and it is not. It was not biblical. It was not acceptable in the time of Christ. It was not acceptable in the beginning. It's not acceptable now, but it has become acceptable in the eyes of our modern churches. Why? Because of feminism, because we don't bother to sit there and actually go into what the Bible says and divorce it from the feministic poison that is all around us. Okay, 
another thing that feminism has resulted in is delayed marriage or no marriage at all. It's led to men not being able to find a wife. It's led to men saying, I'm never going to marry because the women out there will marry them and then divorce them and take half of everything they own, take their children away from them, and then go establish their own lives. And it has happened so many times. A lot of young men are gun-shy at this point, and I do not blame them. Marriage has become a dangerous thing. Even within the Reformed Church, you see so many feminists within the church that it is hard for a young man who desires to establish a home and have his wife in the home and to protect her and guide her and provide for her and for their children and to establish a godly household, a productive home. It's hard to find a woman that wants to do it. No, she wants to go off to nursing school. Or she wants to be a CEO, or she wants to join the military, or she wants to join the police force, and so many other things that are simply contrary to the Word of God. So, it has led to the denouncement of marriage as slavery. It has led to the idea that, oh, I have the gift of singleness. You know what, ladies? There is no gift of singleness in Scripture. It is not there. There was the gift of celibacy, but it was exceedingly rare. There is no gift of singleness in Scripture, and I dare you to go look it up and find it. It is not there. You will not find it. Um, it has led to, because of this, it's led for the ch to the church accepting singleness as normal. And accepting, that has led to us accepting that men will still be boys in their 30s. It has led to the idea that women will do whatever men do. Like I said, maybe join the military or maybe go join the police force. Two places women have absolutely no place in. Women shouldn't be a policeman. Shit, they should not be a soldier or an air forceman or anything else in the Navy, nothing. Why? Because it's dangerous. Because she's going to be wearing men's clothing. Because she is going to affect the lives of others who would depend on her, and she couldn't do it because she lacks the physical capabilities that men do. Just like a woman shouldn't be a fireman. And all of that on top of the fact that women should be preparing to be godly homemakers and wives rather than preparing for a career. It has led... Think about this. It has led to a lack of marriageable candidates. We touched on this briefly just a moment ago. There's not a lot of young ladies out there being prepared to love the home, to love and embrace the idea that one day I'm going to be a mama and I want to care for my babies, not baby, but babies, whatever God sends us. I want to raise them along with my husband and the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It has led to women being taught instead to pursue a career. And from little, little girls onward, you're asked, what do you want to be when you grow up one day? Rarely are these girls taught that you should be preparing to be a wife and a mother and a homemaker. 
And there's so much more involved in being a wife and a mother and a homemaker than just scrubbing floors and toilets and changing diapers. But ladies, that is glorious work in and of itself because you're taking dominion through doing this. You are doing God's work by serving your family. But on top of that, there's it's so much more than just that. You are doing this for the glory of God. You are doing this and helping further the Great Commission. You are doing it and helping to establish biblical homes that will affect your communities, your church, and so much more. And yet so many young ladies, they, they rail against this. Feminism led to the sexual revolution, ladies. It's led to a casting off of clothes so that women go around in a little bit of nothing. I live down in the South, and from the time it's barely warm enough, women are going around in a little bit of nothing. At least a lot of them are. And tight clothes, plunging necklines, skirts hiked up, short shorts. It's... They... they have no dignity and they have no honor in among themselves in and of themselves and they don't they don't even realize it because it is now normal to be basically undressed in public but feminism gave us this because immodesty is part of the sexual revolution ladies and the immodesty just gets worse with every passing decade it has led to rising divorce rates and no-fault divorce laws. I mean, we, what, 50% or more of marriages now end in divorce? That would have been unthinkable just a few generations ago. And yet, when we cross God's line, where he says, don't do this, don't do that, and we do it anyway, we're inviting judgment on ourselves and we're just, we're doing everything we can to make things worse. And that has what has happened. And so our, our divorce rates are the fault of the church because the church didn't push back then. Feminism is the fault of the church because the church didn't push back then. Delayed motherhood is the fault of the church because the church didn't push back. And, and now, thank the Lord, praise the Lord, there are people pushing back, people trying to reestablish in all of these areas, and I praise God for them. But we need so many more. We need young women to understand this, and we need older women who have a burden to teach this stuff, to teach it to their daughters and to their neighbors and to the church. Pray for this, ladies. Pray for this. Feminism has led to declining birth rates because children are not honored, they're not valued, they're not seen as a gift from the Lord, which they are. And it has led to abuse of children, abandonment of children, the murder of children by their own mothers, both in the womb and out of the womb. I hear Horrible stories so very, very often of a woman who has done unimaginable things to her little baby, to her toddler, to her older son or daughter. 
and these women are evil. They deserve to be murdered by the state, put to death by the state, just as they murdered their child. And I'm here to say child abuse, child rape, all of that should be very, very, very severely dealt with, and in the worst cases, with death. And abortion, it has led to abortion, over 60 million babies dead in the U.S. by their mother's own hand. And yes, this should be punishable with death. We gave way to feminism, ladies, when we quit studying the Bible and believing the Bible. When we started saying it was acceptable to not believe this section or that section, it opened up. The possibility that, what do you have to believe? I can believe what I want. We may not say that, but it is a practical reality in a lot of churches. Even in the Reformed churches, there are men who pastor, who fill places in seminaries and so on, who do not believe in a young earth, six-day creation, universal flood. They don't believe any of that. If you don't believe the Bible starting in Genesis 1-1, when are you going to start believing it? But because they don't believe it and we said that's okay, then okay, well, what else can I not believe? I don't have to believe I have to obey my husband. I don't have to believe that I need to marry. I believe that there's other paths open for me. I can do whatever I want. I'm an independent woman. I don't need a man. We see this in the church, ladies, and it's a worldly philosophy. We have to get back to standing on the truth of the Word of God and establishing His Word as the foundation of everything we do and think and believe. And ladies, this is what I am going to be speaking to y'all on on this podcast. Um, I started this podcast a year ago and then I got so very ill. And I, I have fought for so many months to get better. And I lost my voice, the ability to walk, everything, and I'm fighting back. I could only take a few steps at a time, and my voice sounded like a frog's. But I'm, I'm better. I'm not there yet, but I'm some better, and I'm fighting. I'd appreciate your prayers as I work on my blog, Feminist Sola Gradia. I'd appreciate your prayers as I get online on Facebook or Gab or Twitter and do whatever I can do on there to teach young ladies truth. I would appreciate your prayers for this podcast. And uh, if you want to be a supporter of it, you can go to my blog. I have a page on financial aid. You can uh, you can get on there and figure out whether you want to be a Patreon patron uh, through Patreon or you want to do a one-time donation or buy something off of Amazon to support my efforts or anything else. Um, but if you can't do any of that, I fully understand. Everybody's hurting today. Pray for me. Just please pray for me. Pray that I will only seek to honor and glorify God and that this podcast will bring Him glory. I'm going to close out today, ladies, and uh, I'll be back soon. And I'm trying to get it reestablished so that it's a weekly podcast is the way I want to set it up. And um, so please pray as I make this effort to do this. Um, y'all are in my prayers. I love y'all. You're special to me. 
anyone who um, is listening, if you uh, find it valuable at all, please pass it on to someone else and uh, share it and, and go to my blog and share that. There's a lot on there in feminism. There's a lot on there in head covers and uh, women's suffrage and so many else, just godly womanhood in general. And if you can, you know, share it and, and help other women to find it, I would appreciate that. And, uh, but only if you see it as valuable. Uh, Y'all take care. And until next time, do all that you do as unto the glory of the Lord. Bye-bye, y'all.